Every moment, we are drowning in disinformation, distortion, untruths. It's calculated to cloud your thinking, disrupt your logic, and alienate you from friends, family, and reality, leaving you vulnerable to manipulation. It's easy to succumb to the deluge, to drown in the flood of lies. But there is a way to avoid drowning. It starts by playing the role of the detective, not the victim. It starts by becoming a friend of truth. Being a friend of truth means being curious, being skeptical. It means understanding. There's usually more to the story than fits in a soundbiter post. You can get started just by asking questions. Like Columbo. You know, there's only one thing that I'm not clear about. By digging for the truth. Just the facts, ma'am. By thinking logically. Elementary, my dear Watson. Become a friend of truth. Because the world needs more friends. I'm Tom Cheevers. This is the Be a Friend of Truth podcast. First things first. When we're talking about truth, we're not talking about an absolute truth. Absolute truth is the stuff of cults, authoritarians, and dictators. This is about provable, knowable truth. You can find it when you do a little bit of digging for facts. This podcast's job is to help identify and dismantle disinformation, and in the end, leave us a little bit more media literate. Part 1. The Flood of Disinformation Let's set the record straight on disinformation. It's sometimes confused with misinformation. Misinformation is an error. Disinformation is a lie. That is, disinformation is premeditated. It is false information deliberately and covertly spread to influence public opinion or obscure the truth. The person or persons engaged in disinformation are incentivized in a material interest. Perhaps it's financial or for power, a political position, or it's ideological. It's to act for themselves on behalf of others. In contrast, misinformation is known as inaccurate, incomplete, or false information that is spread by error. Disinformation's deliberate intention is to deceive. The function of disinformation is not only to make believers of a falsehood, but to create an enemy of the person or persons who are not believers of the falsehood. Humanity has a history of disinformation. It's the tool of people in power, counterintelligence, espionage, autocrats, fascists, and dictators. The most recent industrial-scale example of disinformation can be traced back to the presidential election of 2020. In it, we witnessed disinformation as the engine that drove true believers and followers of Donald Trump to a violent calamity that nearly upended democracy in the world's oldest surviving constitutional republic. What was exposed at the time were the tools employed by autocrats and chaos agents that I'll discuss in this podcast series, but those tools we've witnessed were the amplification of messages where disinformation is delivered simultaneously through multiple channels. Conspiracy theories, or seductively simple explanation of complex events, have an all-too-predictable pattern. Manipulation, from discrediting to trolling, takes destabilization to the next level. Here is the one little thing to know. Disinformation triggers the receiver of disinformation into an emotional, irrational state. It demotivates and destabilizes them, making them vulnerable to polarization. Here's a quote on those tools by MSNBC anchor Rachel Maddow on the Why Is This Happening podcast 
with Chris Hayes. That message is the same. It's to turn us against each other, to make us believe that democracy doesn't work, that there's no knowable truth, right? So yes, being this is really this important. Is really important, and it, I, I, I can tell right now that this sounds woo-woo, but it's not woo-woo. It's very specific. One of the things they do is they tell you, don't believe journalism, don't believe science, don't believe experts, don't believe history. It's all fake. It's all designed to bamboozle you. None of these so-called sources of expertise are real. The only knowable truth is something that you feel in your gut. And let me tell you what to feel in your gut. Separating us from the idea of knowable truth means we don't recognize real practical problems in the world. We don't recognize real practical solutions to those problems, which we should put our government to. And it means that you're very susceptible to both conspiracy theories and you're susceptible to suggestion from the leader who wants you to do things that you probably would not do on your own steam if you had your wits about you. This strategy was the fuse that lit the insurrection at the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. In the months previous in the presidential campaign of 2020, even before the first votes were cast, Donald Trump repeatedly claimed that if he lost the election, the blame would be due to voter fraud and conspiracy. Now, November 5th, three days after the election, as the votes were still being counted, Trump publicly charged voter fraud or an election-switching conspiracy in states where he had lost. Premeditated false information transmitted by Trump and his allies to millions was to influence the results of the 2020 election. That false information was disinformation. Still, the final vote count gave challenger Joseph Biden the victory over Donald Trump by 7 million votes and winning the Electoral College 306 to 232. So what was the outcome? Trump and his allies filed lawsuits in Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. The claims were provably baseless. 59 state and federal court cases were dropped, dismissed, or ruled against the incumbent. In addition, Attorney General William Barr stated that the Justice Department had not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. Even the government's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency announced that the November 3rd election was the most secure in American history. After losing the electoral vote, surrogates of the president doubled down, broadcasting more disinformation and amplifying fraudulent claims. These individuals known as instrumentalists alleged conspiracy theories that voting machine manufacturers were linked to anti-fascist protesters. The government of Venezuela and switched votes in Virginia. The climax came when Trump invited his faithful followers who believed his lies to a rally in Washington on the day the votes were to be certified in Congress. That day, he repeated his disinformation to his aggrieved followers and implored them to march to the Capitol. We know what happened next. The violent storming of the United States Capitol. That insurrection plunged the nation into a grave constitutional crisis, only to be rescued when police ejected the rioters. Congress remained in session, certified the results in the early hours of January 7, 2021, and established Joseph Biden as the victor in the 2020 election. Disinformation spread by key instrumentalists created death, injury, and chaos. It ripped open an already great divide, polarizing Americans, family members, friends, and acquaintances against each other. What you may not know is disinformation also triggered a destabilization in a healthy democratic republic. Let's just take a little step back. I interviewed the author of a study that takes the temperature of democracies. Dr. Monty Marshall of the Center for Systemic Peace studies democracies worldwide and warns of impending political violence that destabilizes democracies. 
The Center for Systemic Peace produces the annual Global Report, identifying the United States in 2020 as no longer a democracy, but rather an anocracy. That is, a regime that mixes democratic with autocratic features. In comparison, our allies in the United Kingdom are considered a democracy. Canada is regarded as a full democracy. Until January 6, 2021, the United States was considered just a democracy. The insurrection of 2021 recharacterized the U.S. as an anocracy, and in this, factionalism has the opportunity to spread, with instability leading to political violence and civil war. Pursuing the root of discord and the peril our democratic society faces was essential to uncover. More so, human connection and cooperation for the greater good requires a society open to these objectives. When I mention outliers or instrumentalists, those are the actors motivated to create discord or to stabilize society's order, to capture that society's resources. Here is Dr. Marshall. Extremists aren't interested in, in acting within the status quo. They are more interested, they, they see a greater impact in undermining the status quo and destroying things because that's something they can do. Uh, they can't uh, build things. So there's more to the blast radius of disinformation than just hostile political polarization. Our democratic way of life and all of its painful imperfections is at grave risk. The main enemy of democracy is disinformation. It's, it's lying. It, democracy can only exist when we have common understandings that form the basis for cooperation. And so when you sow distrust or, or discord or, or challenge uh, people for what they think they know, it throws them into a state of confusion in which it's impossible for them to act in a coherent fashion. You put them in an emotional state, not in a rational, fact-based, irrefutable state. It destabilizes, demotivates, and creates an opportunity for that wedge to be driven in even further. Yeah, Do I, I have mean, that correct? It wouldn't even be possible, in my opinion, for the United States to experience polarization without this ability to lie in the public forum. So once you start lying, people don't know what to believe, and especially when it's happening in your government. All of a sudden, the whole uh, basis for uh, social cohesion breaks down and everybody for, uh, has to retreat into the group that they feel uh, is they feel secure within and that they understand the rules of the game. Uh, and so that's what I'm talking about when, with uh, social disintegration is that we no longer trust the common cause and we retreat into our, our parochial causes. You could call our current social climate a large domestic dispute. You know, the one thing that I draw your attention to, as a caveat, the most challenging uh, situation to get involved in is a domestic dispute. <clears throat> That's the most dangerous because it's all emotional. There is no hard information being exchanged or no, no material uh, issues being discussed. And to throw yourself into a situation where two opposing groups are using, are, are communicating through emotion only tends to draw their attention away from themselves Onto you. <laughs> so you have, to, uh, you have to be very uh, careful and strategic in uh, how you attack an emotive communication exchange. As Anne Applebaum, a Pulitzer Prize winning historian, has observed, quote, sometimes the point isn't to make people believe a lie. It's to make people fear the liar. It's to assert power over reality. Nearly every country has experienced factionalism. We have a history in this country of violent division. Every country. As I pointed out, every country has had a, a experienced a period of factionalism. And of course, every country has 
recovered from at least one period of factionalism. Historically, what we found is most countries recover, quote unquote, from periods of factionalism. Our country's divisions led to a civil war and yet recovered from that division. So let's summarize. Democracies can only exist when we have common understanding, a common reference point, not alternative facts. For a group to prosper, cooperation between parties is necessary. When distrust and discord is sown, participants are put in an irrational, emotional state of confusion where it is impossible for them to act coherently. That act destabilizes, demotivates, and drives wedges between people even further. Once one is involved in a charged emotional state, the greatest challenge is when one becomes involved in that domestic dispute to de-escalate the conflict. That's when the stakes become dangerous. It's because the dispute between the parties is emotional. I'm Tom Cheevers, and you're listening to the Be a Friend of Truth podcast. There's something more fundamental in our current epidemic of disinformation. I reached out to author Lee McIntyre, author of the new handbook on disinformation, how to fight for truth and protect democracy. Lee McIntyre has scholarly work related to science denial and the destruction of truth. His little red book was relevant as he described the history of disinformation, beginning with tobacco companies' science denial of the hazards of cigarettes to today's key players in alternative facts and election denial. People don't have a fact deficit, they have a trust deficit. And if you try to approach them with facts and they don't know you, they don't trust you and they won't listen because they've already been polarized by disinformation, right? Disinformation is meant not just to convince you of a falsehood, but to alienate you from other people who might tell you the truth. Think about it. Polarization is fueled by a breakdown in trust. When people cannot trust the sources of the people they rely on, they will less likely trust or depend on that source next time. So this is pretty heady stuff to absorb, dear listener. In this podcast, I've detailed the epidemic of disinformation, how it works, and the current peril it presents to our lives. Be a Friend of Truth, Episode 2, will detail strategies for countering disinformation, manipulation, conspiracy theories, and how to spot amplification. I'm Tom Cheevers. You've been listening to Be a Friend of Truth, Chapter 1. The show is written, voiced, edited, and produced by Tom Cheevers. Visit the site at BeAFriendOfTruth.com. The podcast and the site is created for educational purposes only. Copyright 2024. Be a Friend of Truth. Thank you for listening. One last thing. I'm not here to change the world, but maybe just to help that one person who is anguished, defriended, isolated, and knows the information their friends share, read, or see is false. This podcast is dedicated to those anguished folks and those eager to find out what is fact and what is fiction. And when you have one curious seeker of provable, knowable truth, you might be encouraged to know that there are a lot like you out there. And with enough people making friends of truth, it's good to know you're not alone. Together, we are able to tell the difference between gut feelings and fact. The epidemic of disinformation can't be completely eradicated, but with enough friends of truth, the transmission of lies and mistruths could be shrunk little by little, person by person. So together, we can lead slightly more rational and peaceful lives. Now, on to episode two.